Welcome to the Better Agent series. And uh, I'm so excited right now to be talking and introducing you all to one of my mentors in real estate. In fact, Phil was responsible for um, giving me my silver gavel. He taught me how to do auctions online. He actually did it some 13 years ago from Melbourne. He's a Victorian man, but he, he travels around the country teaching agents to be incredible at the auction trade and not just in real estate, but also uh, in the car industry, anything that can get auctioned, Phil will auction. And he knows auctions inside and out to the point that he actually truly understands that auction is a cycle. Auction is a, a, a really a system. And once you can understand the system, you can have full power over really getting your owners the best possible result in the marketplace by truly understanding what turns buyers on and off and, uh, and creates a level of transparent competition in, in the world. And um, Phil and I have been dying to do this uh, particular series for such a long time. But Phil, um, do you want to give yourself a quick, uh, a quick rundown on your experience? And then we're going to get into some really cool questions that I've been dying to ask you. Right. Well, thank you, Pete. You did a wonderful job. Yeah. You covered a lot of it. Yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate with my auction career starting at the fish market uh, in, in Footscray um, back in the early 80s and then working with fowls and that took me all around Australia and New Zealand. I even went to the States and did auctions over there. Uh, and then, then, then joining real estate and, and seeing how that worked and that was totally different to what I was used to. And then starting my own business and been doing that for the last 17 years coaching people and helping people with uh, their technique and the process and it just keeps evolving and that's 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 the beauty of it you and just when you think you've got it mastered there's something else that we learn and and there is so much more to learn too as well but uh, I've been uh, very fortunate to be able and it's been a privilege to help people along the way with their journey and uh, um, uh, so I'm very excited about that. So, uh, and terrific to be here, Pete. So thank you for having me. Well, mate, you are very, very welcome. And uh, so really, let's just get into the, into the questions, because I think that's what everyone's yeah. here for. And I, I really appreciate everyone taking their time out to, to listen to this today. But understanding that the Better Agent series is about us being able to give you, hopefully, just a, another tool in your toolkit, another bit, little bit of dialogue or strategy that will allow you to be a better agent. Uh, in, in the marketplace and education is that. So Phil, um, let's get into it. There's a bit of a myth uh, out there at the moment that tech does all the work for you in real estate. Um, we spoke about this the other day. Uh, can you tell me what your thoughts are on that? Tech's a tool and it's a wonderful tool and I don't think we should be scared of it, but it's, it's, it's not the silver bullet that you're looking for. It's, it, you still need to do the work and you still need to, you, you do need to have that, that contact with, you, with your buyers and your sellers. And if you stop doing that and you stop, you stop listening, well, it doesn't matter what sort of tech you have. It, it's, uh, it's not going to help you. So you, you, you want to have it as it's your friend and, and use it. And uh, I think that what, we'll, what we've seen and I've seen what we've seen over the last, the last months uh, that the, the virtuality is going to, is, it will continue in, in some form. So yeah, I'm quite excited about that because it'll really help it and take us to a new level. I mean, tech's, tech's been evolving since, you know, uh, horses got replaced with cars and, and you mm. know, a clock got re went from, you know, analogue to digital and, and, and calculators, et cetera. But 
Um, we had a really good chat the other day uh, and you were mentioning, because you're in Victoria right now and yeah, yeah, we obviously are. no one can get out. No. What do you think is the biggest mental change now for, um, for people when it comes to the online purchasing? Well, the online purchasing, I, I think it's, I think we were very scared about it. Uh, I think as the, as an industry, we thought, oh, cause we were slow to, to in, in embrace it. Like, just like the wool industry, the wool industry has been, um, has been doing the same thing since the 1820s. They're starting to move to, to uh, virtuality. And I, and I think we were scared that no one would know how to do it. But I think what we've seen, we've seen things with click and collect, we've seen after pay, we've seen you know, phones where you're just paying with things. That's just the way that it is with the tap and go. And, and people are uh, finding that they're, they're, they're navigating their way around the, the technology and I think that they will, I think they'll embrace it. Will it go, will, will it take them to where they'll, they'll, they won't attend auctions? No, I'm not sure. I don't, uh, there'll be, there'll be, there will be people that will attend and there'll be some that out of sheer necessity that they will have to do it. So I think what we've, we've had to do is because of given the COVID situation, I think it's actually dragged us into it. And then we've got there and gone, it's not that bad after all. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, that's starting to show uh, just from day to day in my world as well, because, you know, where there was huge explanations for me to people about open negotiation now, now mm. we just kind of go, no, Hey, listen, it's been sold with an online auction. Let's get you in. And it's amazing. Yeah. People in the private treaty world, uh, not even, con you know, they don't even sort of blink twice because I think that's been one of the big changes of COVID is, you know, we've got 20 odd people here watching right now on Zoom that probably two, th four months ago, didn't even have it downloaded as an app. No, that's Phil, right. Um, pivoting. Now, it's interesting because, you know, you're an auction guy and we're going to get more into yeah. the 10 commandments of auctions in a moment. Um, but when, it, when an auction uh, sells under the hammer, it's called a success. Yeah, it? it is. When yeah, it, it sells is. prior to auction, it's kind of a success. Yeah. But um, when it when it actually passes in at auction, and you taught me one of the most amazing rules in real estate that I've never learned here in WA particularly, you heard, taught me how to do a perfect pass in. Is yeah. that still part of your schooling with agents? Absolutely, now? absolutely. An, au an auction never fails. An auction never fails. Don't blame the auction. Blame the process. So. Now, whether or not you haven't, your vendor is not in line with price, that's an issue. And it might be the option you have to the be awake thing. It, you, you don't want it to get to there, but if that's the case, well, then you need to be able to handle, you need to be handled to move to the next step. And what we're doing is we're not going to a failed auction, we're going to post-auction negotiation. That's what we're moving towards. So you've got to set that up. So you've got to, you you will know that you're going into a situation where it's going to pass in and with no bid. If you don't, well, you, you've got to go back and have a look at your process, but you'll know that. So then what you've got to do is start setting it up for that, that negotiation, which may happen straight after. It may happen that afternoon. It might happen the next day or it might happen weeks afterwards. But what you do on the day is really, really important really important because that sets the next day, uh, the next stage. So you need to set the scene. Very important. And, and um, ladies and gentlemen that are watching this, you, you do need to understand that, you know, there's the process that, uh, that Phil's talking about is, 
involved in the campaign stage where there are a whole lot of communications, not just communications with the, the sellers, but what Phil's gonna talk about in a moment, which I love, is actually priming and, and um, uh, coaching the buyers prior to auction to, 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 to train them what to do if it does pass in. Because it's a level of communication, and this is, I think, where technology will never, ever replace an agent, and that's certainly the way that open negotiation is built, is that the communication from the agent to the buyers and the sellers is the essential part of the process. So, um, Phil, uh, when, when we take an auction and it, and, it, uh, and it passes in, can you just quickly go through what the perfect pass-in exists of, just so that people can understand this? Because... Um, you taught me to have people applauding when the when the um, yeah. property was passed in. So do you want to go into that? Yeah. Well, so you're talking from the auctioneers. Most auction, most auctions, you you walk away and the feeling is flat. So most most auctioneers pass in on the down. So their 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 body language is down. Their tone is down. Their facial expressions are oh no, it's passed in. So that's and the pass in seems to be it seems to be a dreadful, dreadful um, it's a dreadful word. We don't we don't want to have anything to do with it. What you've got to do is you've got to pass in in exactly the same way as if you're going to knock it down. So actually, the audience thinks that you may actually going to sell, and then you don't. You pass it in, but you pass it in with a, with upbeat. Why are you so upbeat? And people have said to me, so they say, Phil, why are you so upbeat when you've just, you've just passed it in no bid? Well, I said, because I'm that much closer to a sale. We're that much closer. So what we now need to do. So you've got to give people hope. And it's the great, the great uh, voice coach to the stars in, um, in Hollywood. Uh, Roger Love says, we, in influence people, you control the, uh, the way you look and sound, control the emotions in people, but also control the outcome. You know what's going to happen, so you've got to control the way the, you've got to control the way people feel walking away from that auction. How they feel? Do they feel as though, hey, this is a really good property? Yeah, it's really good value. It's in the right position. Oh, hey, we, we, yeah, that would that would suit my son, daughter, whoever. Or hey, you know, he's right. That that actually that could be a good investment. Yeah, maybe. So you start thinking. You start. And, you start the ball rolling. You're absolutely right because one of the mental things that happens, and it's like um, it's like a, a sports team that you know they're, they're down uh, in the with with a quarter to go, and you start to see their their fans walking out because they're ah oh, they're yeah. too far behind. But yeah. so many times, and this is the part that you taught me, is when you actually are passing it in, you have this story, which is, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call it first time, second time, third time. If you don't put your hand up right now, we are going to sell it in the next five minutes. And you've got this air of positivity about you. Well, mm. Please, agents, one, one thing you need to take from this, and, and you can pass this into your private treaty world as well, is if, an, if a buyer senses for a second you are weak, on, on price, you are weak on the property, they will sit, they will run away from it. It is an absolute uh, stinker for them. Whereas if you sit there the whole time with this confidence, even if there's no one there, have the confidence that there is someone there and then interesting, you'll see what happens. Phil, um, thank you for well, that. Just, just as, as a point on that is that there's a lot of time uh, that the either the eventual buyer or their representative is at the auction 
Now, I don't know what the stat is for that, but I think it's probably more, it, 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 it's, it's around 50% of the time, but it's a, it's a lot of the time they do have a representative there. So if they feel as though it's, it's dead in the water, that's what's going to be conveyed. But if they feel as though, hey, no, there's a bit of activity here, they've started to talk to people, blah, blah, blah. there's a good chance you'll get a sale. And you might, you might drag them forward a little quicker than they may. You may get them to make a decision sooner rather than later. Now that's a decision they wanted to make, but they just needed that urgency and they needed that, that, that encouragement to do it. Yep. Mate, um, yep. here's an interesting one. And, and, you know, I love the fact that you um, being so auction centric also uh, really embraced open negotiation when you heard about it the first time, because mm. you realized very quickly, all it's done is wrapped up all of the psychology of auction and packaged it into, you know, something that can be done online by, by anyone. Yeah. Um, now the, one thing that you and I have both hated is that the, the, the populace consider a past in auction a failure. Mm. Um, the, yet, and this is where we want to hold private treaty to account. And all of you agents out there that are watching this um, that think that a private treaty is not a failure after 31 days, then you're fooling yourself because it has, it has failed your sellers you put a timestamp on a on an auction and at day 28 if it doesn't sell oh it was a failure but i do private treaty and can sit there for months and months with a stinking dog that some agent the other next agent's probably going to sell so um let's get into that because with that in mind mm. can you tell me um we're going to get into the 10 commandments uh of yeah. how to get a buyer to auction Yep. And everyone, yep. this not only applies to auction, the traditional sense, this exactly the same applies to open negotiations. And um, so let's talk about price first, Phil. Go, yeah, go or yeah, or price. Look, it was really interesting. In probably one of the worst markets we had was at the end of 2018. Hang on, shit. Yeah. Whoops, sorry. Sorry. I've made, I lost you for two seconds. I, I, you yes. were muted. So that was my I fault. Don't, I, I don't know what happened. No hands, ma'am. Um, the, the, um, the marketplace, one of the worst marketplaces we had in, uh, was at the end of 2018. The, the clearance rate was uh, 40, 45%, 48%. That was for the last quarter of, um, of 2018. That was Melbourne, Sydney, about the same. It was, it, was, it, was, it was less than 50%. That was after 22 days, three weeks, four Saturdays. But then, then we found that when it, if, we, if we took in the next seven days, that was sick, that was, um, it, it rose to 60%. And then if we took the next 14 days, it was more like 75%. Now, where did I get those figures from? I couldn't get them from anywhere else. The first figure I could get from the RAIV, you can get that from uh, uh, CoreLogic, that's where it's everywhere. But the next bit wasn't, that wasn't tracked. And I'll go back into that, why, why I think that's so important. But that was telling us, so at 75%, and then I was turning around saying, the market's okay. What are you talking about? It's 75%. Yeah, uh, after, um, uh, after 34 days, there we are, you've got, a 35% clearance rate. What's, well, sorry, a 75% clearance rate. What's wrong with that? So the actual marketplace wasn't right, but what we weren't doing is we weren't getting the price right. 
that's when all the adjustment was happening in the two weeks post the auction. So I've said to all, okay, what we need to do is we need to have, make sure that our price rise, the price adjustment is done before auction day. And I talk about here, which is, I'm going to flip my, my screen if I can. So I talk about the philosophy of adjustment. Now, it's not just about underquoting. No, it's got the, underquoting is not the way to go. It's about making sure that you have your price right. But you talk to all the really good agents and all good auction agents, they, they, get, they get their price. And it does, it's not set and forget. It's, okay, we're monitoring it. And then they, it's adjustment. So they might need to lift it. They might need to lower it. They might need to compress it, or they might need to broaden it. Now, that's, that's legislation prevents too much broadening, but it might be. They may have started with a, a quote that was too narrow. So you've got to do that, and that's, the, and that's that constant... That's that constant questioning of people coming through. Now, people come through and uh, they'll come through the property and they walk out and I watch it. I go and watch open for inspection. I go, what do they say? Oh, they don't like it. So what do they think it's worth? I don't know, I didn't ask. Why? They're perfect to ask. Because what they didn't come through. They're not looking for, not looking for a bunch of bananas or, or a carton of milk. They are looking for a house. Where are they looking for a house? They're not looking on the other side of town. They're looking at just one street over. So this, and I'll tell you, so that information on price is so, it, it's so, so, so important. And if you get it, if you're going to sit and forget and think, oh yeah, I've got that right. All my comparables are right. Yeah, yeah, I'm very happy with that. And then you get there and they get there to auction day and it passes in. Well, no, your price wasn't right. So, so everyone, just a just a quickie there, and you know this is this is golden stuff, and you've got to read between the lines if you if you if you if you can't you you got to ask, you got to talk to buyers, and if a buyer says no, and this is great, you know dialogue, and 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 when you attend one of Phil's courses, by the way, you will learn all about the dialogue that you've got to use, and this is we're trying to get this over for you everyone pretty quickly, but you know mm. it's it's about communicating with people. So Phil, do you like the property? No, I don't. So if it goes for any price, even a low one, you're happy to lose this one? Yes, I am. Oh, well, great. What do you think it might sell for then, being that you're not going to buy it? And then you give that back to the owners. And, and everyone, by the way, if, if, if Phil says 20% uh, lower than what you think it's worth and the owner thinks it's worth, and then everyone else says similar things, you better start to adjust price because you're getting market feedback and stop actually thinking that you are the god of real estate and understand where prices are. Because failed auctions come from failed communications. Well, it's interesting. My wife loves selling houses in Australia. She loves it. She sort of sees the before and then the after. And where is it? What happens is the, the, the sellers who have their dream quote, dream price, and then stick the Renault price on top, well, I, it doesn't sell. It doesn't sell. Where does it normally sell for? It sells for about their, their dream price a little bit lower but the value added along the way. So they didn't have the price right. That's, that is the thing. And hey, the formula's the same all the time. I don't know, they've always go in there and they've got this, this, whatever. But the, the concept is, is what it is, that they needed to, they need to be, you need to be looking at price. And you might, have, you might think you've got comparables right, but until you actually go and ask the marketplace at this particular time, they're the best judge. They are. All right, moving to the second one. Uh, so now it's going to strategy. Can you talk? So remember, the question is, what are the 10 commandments 
to getting a buyer to auction everybody. Mm. So a strategy, Phil, um, what's the strategy in getting a buyer to auction? Well, it's, it's, I talk about the blueprint and this is the auction campaign formula, which is we're going to, and I, if I move out of the way, it's a fairly elaborate. So I, uh, that gives you the idea about it, but you, 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 a, you've got to get your, you've got to get your, uh, you've got to get your pricing right. You've got to make sure your marketing's right, and you've got to, and you, and then you've got to ensure that uh, that you, you are asking, and your qualification is is right. And then I've, here's something that very people, very few people use, which is benchmarking. And benchmarking with what is to okay, we've got all this data that we had in 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 the 80s. We didn't have the benefit of the internet. In the 90s, we didn't have it. But now what we have now, and then sort of in the late 2000s, we had it, but we didn't know how to use it. Um, so now what we're able to do is we're able to say, right, okay, we will know. Peter, you're, you've, got a, you've got a property that you're going to be marketing in, 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 in Claremont. Now you'll know that you'll have your, when we'll be able to do open for inspections again, it's for you in the, in the other states, good on you. Well, we can't, we can't do that. We can't even have private inspections at the minute, but hopefully that's changed. Um, you know, but from when you launch it on the web to when you, you, your first inspection, you know how many online inspections you will have. You'll know roughly how many you think you should get in your marketplace for that particular point. So you know that. So tell your vendor, this is what we should have. And if you get double that, we're going well. If you get half that, you go, we've got a problem. You should know how many people should attend your first open for inspection because your first open for inspection is really, really important. Yeah, yeah. If we should, you should get 10, you should get 15, whatever, it'll be different. You'll know your marketplace, it's different. No, you know, that's not something you don't need to go to ARIC to learn that. You'll know that from where you are. So you'll go and say, yeah, so yeah, if we've got 10, we're on track. If we get 20, wow, we're going really well. If we've got, if we've got four, ugh, we've got a problem. But the vendor's already going through that. So having the strategy and knowing where you are in the campaign, once you've got, once you, if, you, if you're on track, that's good. You've got to get them through to auction. Do you now, is what we're looking at, do you hold out to auction day or do you bring the auction day forward? Yeah, why wait? If you've got, if you've got 10 point. engagements, if you've got 10 engagements, why wait? Why wait? Um, and that's, that's the thing. If you've got people queuing up for this, why, why won't? And I hear agents saying, oh, yeah, I want a bit more exposure. I want, to, I want to meet a few more people. Well, yeah, really. Is that the right thing? Is that the right thing you're doing by your vendor? If you've got 10 people that really, really want to buy this, why not bring it to Why not? Well, you you why see not that happening now, luckily, with open negotiation time and time again, because it doesn't have to run the, the, the full, you know, four week campaign. That's people co copycatting auction campaigns. In fact, you know, it, it can shorten to, and I've sold two recently in four days when we had 10 bidders and we'd had 70 odd families through. We had, we had the feedback, which is what you just said. We, you know, we had enough data to be able to say to the owners of the nearly 80 people that have come through, we've only got 10 here. The price has gone up, four have dropped out. Why wait? Let's get this thing cooking. Um, why, equally, if you need to extend, you do. But um, I think as far as strategy and, and, and what Phil's saying there about having your data, 
People want proof. Buyers want proof that there's another buyer interested, but sellers need proof that you've squeezed every drop out of the lemon to make sure that you've, you've not left any money out there on the, on the table. And, they, and you can only do that if you're giving them the stats. And what Phil said is absolutely right. And again, the, the ACF blueprint that he has mastered and created and can teach all of you will have you be the number one real estate agents because as soon as you understand real estate in its full capacity, which is what that blueprint does, it, 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 it has you understand that buyers need to be controlled, sellers need to be controlled, and you as the agent, you are actually the conductor of that. You're like the orchestra conductor, but you cannot sit with your hands in, the po in your pockets and be a conductor because you've got to point people in the right direction for, to make the orchestra happen. And the orchestra... Mm only happens with you being in control of the communication to both of those parties. So um, I think we're getting a pretty solid frame here, Phil. Now, how do you know, well, um, do you have your buyer or have you got your buyer? That's the next one. You spoke to me about this the other day. Yeah. Tell me about the, the nightmares of people, of, 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 uh, of the worst thing that can happen to auction. Oh, well, it, it, it is. And, and, and I get this a bit in a lot in provincial areas as well, where auctioneers will say to me, um, Oh yeah, God! Look, I, I thought was going. I was going to have a terrific auction. I've had the agent come up to me as the auctioneer and say, "Oh, you're going to love this. You're going to really love this. Uh, I've, you've got ten bidders on this." And um, sorry, I'll refer to that. They, you've got ten buyers. You've got ten buyers. Fantastic! Oh, ten buyers. Terrific. He gets up there thinking he's got ten, uh, ten buyers in the audience. Does the auction? Gets up, and nothing happens. Absolutely nothing happens. Turns around, looks at. I don't know. They said they were coming. They said they'll get there. Passed in, no bid. So we've gone from 10 buyers to nothing. The problem is he had 10 buyers, all right, but he didn't have 10 bidders. And that's the difference between a bidder and a buyer. Now, someone is, and they say, oh, you know, that, what's that term that you hear about buyers? But yeah, they were probably never a bidder. Yeah, that's the thing, is they were the difference between a buyer and a bidder. They're a buyer for something, but they may not be a buyer for this. So I want to know whether I've got 10 bidders. So 10, yeah, I'm probably lucky to get 10. Two, two's really good. Five, yeah, we're, we're going really well. But have we got, have we got our, have we got our um, buyers? And it's that qualification process. So that is qualifying the buyers, right? Have they, right? They leave clues. They do. They they won't. Most of them won't buy without a contract. Seeing it, seeing the documentation, and they won't usually buy without multi inspecting. They like to get a third party through, be father, son, pest and build, or someone like that. Someone else to get through. So that's another sign. Finance. Have you got finance already? No, no, I haven't got my finance. Right. You mean you haven't even asked them about finance? You deposit have you thought about the deposit you know the old day we used to be said oh did you bring your checkbook and you people look at you now what's a checkbook what's a checkbook <laughs> no one has one so yeah how are you going to pay the deposit right is this in your pro do you like the home yes can you see yourself living here yes yeah does it suit your requirements yes yeah so you're going to bid at the auction yes good and it gets there and they don't do anything oh yeah you started it at 700 and i was only thought it was worth 650. It wasn't in their price range, but we didn't ask them. And then when I go back to agents, they say, but I told them, I told them what the quote range was. Yeah, but did you ask them 
where they saw value. Did you ask them and say in the quote seven to seven seventy, if the bidding stops in that range, will you be bidding? Oh no, and, no, no, no. Only and everyone again, this is so good. And I know that Phil and I could talk for about two hours, but the only caveat I want to make with all of you with open negotiation versus auction is get your buyer in before you start qualifying them on um, on how far they'll go. So it's okay to get, you know, if you know it's it's an $800,000 property, um, get ask all the questions about finance and all that sort of thing. Get them in before you, uh, and yeah. qualified and registered as a proper buyer in there. Um, I had a lady last night, we were up, we were up to five, we were up to um, uh, $690,000. Um, I, I said, come on, we need to get you qualified, uh, but you just need to put in the set, you know, the 700,000, which is the next bid, and then we'll do the paperwork to make sure that you, um, can get yourself qualified because they're sell selling it tomorrow night. She said, oh, I don't want to put in, I don't want to put in a price. I said, well, you, you, you got to do that to play the game. And, you know, and so she went, no, but she wasn't a real buyer. She was, she was happy to kind of say, oh, waste my time and fill in paperwork. But she didn't want to do the important thing, which, which was commit. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's, I, I think that's really important that you're not going to, you're not really going to do the, the sharpening of the price angle until you get to until you get to this part, or if you've decided to move that here, or move that forward, you do that as you, as you said yesterday. Yeah, the idea is to get them to get them there and to get them interested. But what you want to know, so that question about if the bidding stuff is is a, is a later question. But but the thing is about asking, we, we our our guide price is seven to seven seventy. So how do, where do you see where do you see value? Where do you see value? Do you see where do you see at the top, the bottom, the middle, or do you think it's a bit below that? Now, if they say, "Oh, yeah, no, we think it's a bit below," all oh, right, okay, yeah, good. Well, it's it's information. So you're saying a bit below. What are you saying about six eighty? Yeah, just just and that's a, and you know they're going to you know they're going to uh, give you a, a conservative figure. They're going to give you their top figure. Now, I want that yet. And that's absolutely right. Now, I'm just going to read later. a couple of comments that have been made here, Phil. So, um, Will Ainsworth made a great comment, which was, by the way, even if you're not in the auction area, knowing the fundamentals of auction is always um, yield you a better outcome. So, it is, it is, I recommend anyone get in contact with Phil just to do his course with the knowledge that you will leave there just, just being a better negotiator because you'll understand the you know, the other point of real estate that may not be that clear for you. Uh, Michael uh, has said uh, every for every four bidders equals one buyer rule of thumb. So I think you're quite right there. Mate, we're going to move to the next question because um, uh, a confused buyer never buys and communicating with buyers. We've said, we've talked about communication the whole time, but do you want to talk about those two together? Yeah, communicate. Look, those three work work really well. I think that that you know, which leads into coaching your bidders. So most most people, when you ask them if they bid at auction, very few people have. Now, what I believe our industry has done is we focus on too much about the experienced ones, and we don't we leave the we leave the inexperienced ones out in the cold. And we don't, we don't do anything for them. We just expect they're going to do things. So, okay. So we don't ask that. Have you ever bid at auction before? Yeah, no, no, we haven't. Or yes, we have. Oh, tell me about that. How did you, how did your strategy work? 
strategy? What do you mean a strategy? Well, did you have a strategy? No, I didn't have a strategy. Well, obviously that's quite, yeah, because you haven't bought yet. So that's quite obvious that you haven't got a strategy. So you're working with that. So then, then what you'll find if there's any, any myths with, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's open negotiation. It doesn't matter with, um, with, with auction. Uh, um, we talk about EOI. A lot of people don't, they don't understand what EOI is. They don't even know what it means. And, and people say, I'd much prefer to buy under a private, uh, private treaty. Really? Really? So and there you're more in the dark, but they don't understand that. So you, what you've got the chance to do is to work with them and, and, to, and, and allay their fears. And then if you're confused, well, you, you'll, you'll hold back. And you'll hold back, which leads into your coaching, which you, and too often, and look, I read on a website, that it had bidding, make sure, make sure you, make sure when you get to the auction, with the auction, don't rush in. Don't rush in, hold back and, and see what else is happening and then set your strategy to that. I'm dumbfounded. I really, this is, this is, an, this is a real estate agency that says this, don't rush in. Well, I, I, I have 10 reasons of why you should bid first. Because we find it not only, yes, it helps the auctioneer, but then that's second or thirdly. That's the, you know, I don't mind if, it, if I can, I don't mind standing there and uh, I don't mind standing there if nothing happening, because that's, it's not my fault. You know, that's not that I can appreciate that. But it's, if they really want to buy it, we know that 60% of the time, 60% of the time, the first bidder will buy the property. If you take the move first your head the to the left or the right, because I'm going to do that. Don't worry. That Don't little worry list is just everyone. Look <laughs> at this list. It's the best thing yeah. ever. So it. So if you if you take the second bidder, the first and the second bidder, it's it's close to, it's close to it's close to ninety percent. So that myth of holding back, you actually miss out. It's more often than not. And where do I get that from? What stat do I, 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 I'm not, I'm not able to draw it other than I watch a lot of auctions. I have auctioneers sending me their tapes. And to, can you have a look at this? Can you critique it for me? And I watched a lot of auctions and I see this and time and time again, I see that. So they're just, uh, I'm very happy if you want to take a screenshot there, they're, they're, that's there for you to, um, to have a look at. Uh, that their reasons of why you should be sitting down with, with your potential bidders and saying them, hey, you need to open the bidding. That's what you need to do. You need to get your head around that. And these are the reasons why. And they're not benefits. As most auctioneers are going, will you come and help me out? No, no. Don't help the auctioneer out. You're helping you put yourself in the best position to buy. That's fundamental. That's key. So coaching of you, coaching of your bidders, it is, it's, and, and for those who are not that, uh, when I get to do it, and I, admittedly, I don't do as many auctions now as I used to. But if I do that, it, it is, it's part of my DNA. I'm coaching the bidder. I'm saying, Peter, you're the agent. Right, Peter, who's opening the bidding? Right, you, you're not sure? Right, who do you think? Who's the candidate? Who do you think? So, right, okay, set them up and get me to talk to them on auction day and I'll go and talk to them. And when I'm able to talk to them, I have an 85% chance of getting them to open the bid and opening where I want it, when I want it. And it's through that and I give them and I take, which then goes back to that confused mind never buys. 
I take the confusion out of it. And it really starts with, I just want to let you know what I'm going to do. And then I roll it on from there. And they just come in and they do because they want to buy it. And you're there and they see you, you wanting to help them. Yeah. So essentially you've, you've, you've discovered the buyers. They're not just saying they're a buyer, but they want to buy that house. You've discovered a range of their price of which they're always going to underquote what they're going to go to realistically, but you've got mm. some feedback for the owner because that's come in. Um, you've, you've got them to auction day and before the auction starts, you were walking up to them and, and, and I've got to say, Will Ainsworth told me this and it just is so gold. And you have this beautiful conversation educating them on what you're going to do in the auction. And then you, you, you um, sort of talk to them about the benefits of being that first bidder and at least to get their bid in. And in fact, you invite them to be the first bidder because 95% mm. of the time, the first bidder actually buys the property. They do. So, Beautiful dialogue, folks. This is just such gold stuff. And, and um, any of you really good auction agents, you already know this, but anyone that's not, or you've never practiced this before, try talking to a buyer. They're pretty, actually, you know, if they like a property and want to buy it, guess what? You're the conduit to that property. And if you look as though you're going to make it difficult for them, then guess what? It's going to be a hard sell. You make it easy. It's going to be like quicksilver. Um, coaching sellers, coaching bidders, we've gone through. Uh, creating urgency and also, I'm going to put two into this one, uh, Phil, because I only want to go for about another six minutes. Creating yeah. urgency and also being the highest bidder, uh, because 90, 95% of the time they buy it as well. Yeah, well, look, that's back to that where I said you, you're actually controlling the outcome. So we know when it's, when it's on the market, yeah, we know what's going to be. Creating urgency there is, uh, that's pretty easy because that's what you get. What you all I say to you is there, make sure you, you keep your humility, make sure don't get arrogant about it, make sure that you because there's feeling out there. So, when you're in the passing with the highest bidder or with your or you have no bidder at all, this is what you have to give compelling reasons why they should bid again. But what I'm setting that up if I sense that we're going to a passing, I'm going to be saying things that's going to set me up for that negotiation that's going to happen. What I'm going to, and I'm going to use that in the in negotiation after once it's passed in. So I will start my the setting it up of what I need to do and where I want to position. I want to position my highest bidder to get to. So we want to strengthen, we want to strengthen that, we want to strengthen and and and, and Tell them that they've done a fantastic job, that they're where they are. Now what we need to do for you to buy it, this is where we need to be going. And give them reason. Justify value. And to the auctioneers out there, you've got this is where your toolbox comes in really, really handy. And you've got it. Those, those who don't do the don't use a toolbox during the auction process or the, the bidding, the bidding sequence, well, you, you, you're letting yourselves down because you've got to have an extensive toolbox and know which tools to use at the right time. So 95% of the time, well, we know that it does, that the highest bidder, if it's passed into them, 95% of them sold to them. So that's a really strong position. So you, you've got to protect that and guard that and fiercely. So you've got that competition, you, you, want to, you want to roll into that. So that's that uh, creating the urgency. It's going to sell. It's going to be sold. It's going to be sold when? It's going to be sold very soon. So if you want to buy it, you better bid. There'll be a sold sign on the board. That's what it's going to be. And then and it's upbeat. And everyone walks away going, wow, that'll be sold. Yeah, you can tell that. He had activity. 
Well, if there's no bidding, they'll go and say, oh, you must be talking to someone. There must be someone who's got subject to finance or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the story, everyone. It's the story. You've got to have the story in the toolbox that Phil is talking about. This is the toolbox that if you contact Phil DeFagley uh, and Phil, if you would like to post your um, your email address and your contact, what's the best? If someone wants to get in contact and, and learn how to be the best agent in the world, uh, what's what's your best contact? My, my, my email, which is that I can, uh, where I can put that in the chat, can't I? Put that in the chat. Yes. We'll put it online. But um uh, everyone, you, all the secrets. Philip And you cannot, you cannot become a great agent without actually doing some homework, without studying, without listening to these sort of things. The fact that you're all listening to this right now means that you're actually a better agent than the person that's not tuned in here right now. Um, now, uh, last two things, mate, or just, I'm going to do some rapid fire questions, um, but auctions yeah, are not Saturday centric anymore. Quality versus no, quantity. Not. You told me a story about some agents uh, or some auctioneers that are calling up to 15 auctions. Can be, yeah, yeah. Wow, look at me, how good am I? So how good's my first one, how good's my last one? That's what I worry about. That's what I worry about, but, but that's, that's the auctioneer. So that's it, but what about when you're doing that and you've got, you, whether you're in Claremont, whether you're in, um, um, you're in, in, in Melbourne, in, 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 in Adelaide, or you're in Kangaroo Point up there in, in, in Queensland. You've got, if you're going to have these super Saturdays that they're going to have, and you know, they have with all those, and there's, in Sydney and Melbourne, they have them where there's 16, 17, 2,000 auctions. You're going to have multiple auctions in that one suburb. And guess when all the auctions happen? 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock. So we, oh, you, because that's the prime time to have an auction. So there, and you've got bidders there, which one do we go to? We like both, but we can't be at both auctions at 11 o'clock. They're both 11 o'clock. So what do you do? Or one's at, one's at 11 o'clock and one's at 11.30. Well, has <laughs> anyone seen? Melbourne traffic at the moment is very, very good, but get it to when it's normally is, it's horrendous, and especially on Saturday, it's horrendous. You can't get round. And Sydney traffic's not much, uh, is, is no good either. So you know, you, you, you just, why are we filling up Saturday when we've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah, Friday, well, maybe not. But anyway, I'm open to anything. If you think you want to do it Friday and you've got the people that are there, it's all, and, and I remember going to, going to Auckland and 11 o'clock on a Thursday morning, they had uh, 34 auctions. I said, to, I said to the guy running, I said, what happens here? Doesn't people work here? He said, you have it, they can't. And, and that's qualification better than anything. And, and everyone, you know, this is the bit, a buyer will turn up at, at, a, at a rubbish tip to buy a house from you if they love the house. Yeah. I did an auction in Ocean Grove, which is just out of Geelong, down on the Bellarine. Now, not noted, Ocean Grove's not noted as, as an auction area. That's another thing about auction areas. I'm not really subscribed to that philosophy. However, yeah, I get that why they're difficult. But anyway, it was a Monday night. We had 100 people there and I had six bidders. And it was on a Monday night in Ocean Grove. All right, rapid fire agent. questions. I know that yeah. um, everyone, uh, thank you all for staying with us. Michael Vetteretti has uh, said, buyer management in today's market, uh, we, uh, where we have face-to-face -face meetings, more, it's more important than ever. And you are spot on, mate. In fact, service in real estate has never been more important because, um, you know, if you're not 
essentially ready to serve your buyer. Now, I'm not saying um, help your buyer, help them pay as much as you can, but they will pay more if you know how to serve them and give them information, make them feel comfortable, and they'll pay more. All right, I've got some rapid fire questions. What's your pet, uh, your biggest pet peeve right now? I can't do auctions at the moment. That's my biggest piece. Uh, yeah, what's, yeah, all right. Yeah. What's the biggest, uh, what's the weirdest thing that you've seen during the whole Corona um, time? The, oh, the weirdest thing. Uh, well, the weirdest thing is, is you go and see the, the, uh, the social distancing is meant to happen and then you go to the supermarket. That is, and, and it's like the MCG. It is just out of control. <laughs> it really is. And I, I, I live on the, we live near the beach. And you go to last Sunday, that was just packed. It was absolutely packed and everyone's out for their social walk. Yes, yeah, so it's, 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 it's amazing. That's, anyway, that's sort of uh, off the top of the head. Yeah, they're, they're, they're some of the weird, weird things that I'm seeing. Yep. And last one, this is the one. Uh, what is the one piece of advice that you would give real estate agents right now? Okay, well, Pete, you know I love the power of three. Okay, one is to be positive and keep positive. And and keep things in perspective. Yeah, things. It's been it's been a it's been an ordinary um, six months that we've had. However, utilize it for change and the change for good. The other thing is, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to challenge some of the the so-called uh, golden rules and just think about right. Do I need to? And the classic one is the Saturday centric. That that sort of thing is is challenge. Don't be frightened to challenge some of our old ways and old beliefs. And I think that me of, uh, of mine, of, of getting into my uh, uh, decade is, um, uh, yeah, look, uh, embracing change. And that's what we've got to do. And I'm really looking forward to what's, what's ahead of us, how we can utilise the virtuality and how we can use it to, to, to our advantage. So that's, that's, as I said, just keep positive, keep everything in perspective. It's okay, we're still alive, we're there, we're, everything's happening. And once everyone gets through all this, there's going to be there's going to be opportunities. So yeah, just make sure you're ready and you're skilled, ready to take full advantage of. Um, well, I, I think everyone would have to say, and please comment on this because you know your comments, uh, whether you're on Facebook or not, we would love to um, have Phil get in contact with you. If you'd like Phil to contact you, in fact, this is probably the better way. If you want Phil to contact you put a comment here saying contact me on whichever platform we're on and we will get him to give you a buzz and uh, talk to you about his, um, his courses. Uh, here's a good example, Phil, Thursday night, 6.15 p.m. I'm selling one that's been on the market for, uh, I think, seven days. It's um, on the Open Negotiation website, everyone. It's uh, number six, Links Court in, uh, in Claremont. And that one... Uh, is worth a watch. And if you want to see one go past reserve, I believe we've primed everyone, including the sellers. So we'd, I'd, I'd love to see any of you uh, there that want to actually watch it. And I'm going to share it with you right now. Um, Phil DeFagley, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your generosity today in what you've shared with everyone here. But also thank you so much for what you shared with me uh, all those years ago when you taught me about the principles of auction. Because without that, and ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you, Without Phil DeFagley, open negotiation would not exist because um, it's the culmination of all these uh, ideas that had us put together this little system once upon a time that involves all of the strategy of auction. Um, and you have no idea how big a part that uh, Phil played in, in teaching that strategy so that this, 
This could essentially be private treaty uh, uh, version 2.0, really, with auction uh, methodology behind it. So, Phil, thank you so much. Um, everyone, uh, please get in contact with Phil because he can help your real estate career grow beyond anything. Uh, even if you never call an auction on the grass, uh, you will find what he has to offer will be more than you could ever imagine. Um, so, mate, thank you. And you've been incredible Appreciate again. It.